Induction won't be necessary. Trying to raise the bar and become legendary. I'm a pioneer. I'm a Tyler Perry. I'm a Oprah Winfrey. I'm a Chuck Berry. New sounds, you ain't gotta hear me, but the beat crazy, so I know they feel me. I'm a head rocker. I'm a free spirit. I'm a Babe Ruth in the ninth inning. Knew that I was gonna be something. Knew that I was gonna blow. Knew the day when my shot came, they was all praying I choke. Knew it all was gonna pan out. That's God playing no joke. You throw me out to that deep end, just know I'm gonna float. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Can't Be Stopped. I am Don Collins. Y'all know who I am. It's the boy, the king, Lewis Thompson. Don was good. Man, you know, same old, same old. Out here, another week of sports. Another episode of Can't Be Stopped. You know, same old, same I'm, old. I'm doing good, though, this week. Okay. What? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just taking the vibes out, you know? Just taking out the vibes. I mean, yeah. I ain't want, I mean... You know, consistency is good. You feel me? Like consistency is good. I don't know. Man. I wish everyone was consistent, but that's neither here nor there. You're telling me, you are telling me about consistency. It's not a common thing in today, today's day and age. A lot of people switch up. Ugh, a lot of people act different. Man, don't get me started. Okay, though. Anyways, what we got on the docket? Talking about the docket. Yeah, there. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but uh, I normally do. The World Series, <laughs> the World Series is about to uh, begin. Um, yeah, I peaked. So it starts. It starts Tuesday night, um, and it is. I got half of it right. I, I, got I also got half of it. Boston. Right. I got the Dodgers right. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Okay. So I got I got Red Sox. I was right about that. You got Dodgers. Obviously the Brewers they lost, and obviously the Astros they lost. So I mean, look, we're gonna we're gonna break this down a little bit. We're gonna start with Game One predictions, and then obviously like we're not gonna do the whole series because like I don't think I feel like doing that. But I just really want to focus on a little bit of the narrative going into game one. And then we'll do season predictions. What season? Series. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, all right. obviously, game one, the Dodgers are lining up uh, Chris Sale. The who, Red Sox. Not, the oh, Red my bad. Sox the Red Sox are lining Sale. up Chris Sale. The Dodgers are throwing out Clayton Kershaw. Right. So, look, this is interesting because Clayton Kershaw... You know his struggles in the postseason are well documented. Actually, in his last seven starts, he's got a 3.32 ERA. Far from like that elite, elite, elite stuff. But considering how he was before, my man's just turning it around. Uh, I um, def- definitely agree. You know, you know. I think Kershaw is kind of. But then you contrast those, those kind of. I don't want to say he completely fought him off. I've seen I've seen some moments of weakness, but I think Kershaw is better than what he used to be in the postseason per se. Well, yeah, it's just like, I mean, it is what it is. Like Clayton Kershaw is who Clayton Kershaw is. Like he's a he's world class athlete, well pitcher, um, and and just when it comes down to it, I really just think that I don't want to say if there's anybody else. I would rather give the ball to because I'd rather have Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> For real. Madison, but Madison the clutch, I think, he, he different. He different. 
I think Clayton Kershaw's name being less like brought up this postseason is a good thing. It means he's just doing his job. Whereas his counterpart, on the other hand, how's his belly button ring doing? Man, I'm not gonna lie. When when I saw he's having a couple stomach issues because of the belly button piercing, I was like, oh, Chris, that's how you rocking? Like that's I don't know. I don't really know the science and the sicknesses or the health concerns of a belly button piercing most of the time. I do not have one, you know. I can only speak for myself. Don, do you have one? My fault. I just had to completely control myself. Hell no. All right. I ain't got no piercing. Well, from, you know, from... <laughs> I hate... I Go ahead. I personally hate, hate piercings and tattoos. Like, seriously. I hate them. Like... Uh, I think I've become more accepting of them because other people like I'm not a I'm not a dick so like other people like go ahead you can have them fine I don't I don't really care I personally hate them like I ha- I will if I ever get a, a piercing something's off and then if I ever get a tattoo like the only thing that can justify that is like getting like my kids or some you know some some more permanent like I would never get my spouse <laughs> because we could break up. I mean, I guess my kids could hate me too, but like, it's kind of different. I'm always gonna be their dad. But like, yeah, never hate hate it. All right, well, we'll just leave the belly button conversation at that. Then I mean, Don don't rock with it, so he don't <laughs> rock with Chris Sale. That's what he's that's what he meant to say. No, I'm kidding. Uh, contrary, contrary. Nah, sale sales nice. Sales nice. I mean. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and talk about a belly button ring, but I, I, it was just it no. Was but but in all, but in all seriousness, coming. Chris Sale's stuff has been a little off the postseason. Velocity been down. He's been dealing with some sicknesses. Obviously, the belly button piercing been bothering him, and that led him to even going to the hospital in the last series. The last series, excuse me. Uh, and you know, he definitely the the Red Sox in general. They're pitching it kind of up in the air, and they kind of see what you're gonna get. Um, depending on the night. So, it's definitely a, a storyline that we're following. But, about the game. About the game. I just really think... Well, first off, did you know this is the first time since July 24th, 2012, they have not been favored? Like, a betting favorite in a start by Kershaw? The Dodgers? Wow, interesting. Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. 199 starts. Well, they're not favorite. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. About my, all right. Anyways, I, I like. I well, like that. then, this is the second time in his career that they've matched up, Sale versus Kershaw, and this is Kershaw's first ever appearance at Fenway Park. So, a lot of firsts, a lot of firsts, but I think, I think for me, I'm. Uh, game one is tough. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to pick. I don't. You go first. I don't want to pick. All right. I know who I'm gonna take. I definitely got the Dodgers in game one. I think the lack of pressure on Clayton Kershaw will lead to him really giving his best stuff. And I think the Dodgers offense is really gonna get at Chris Sale with his uh, kind of shakiness. I really want to see how Chris Sale performed in the World Series. Clayton Kershaw has had this experience last year, playing in big game scenarios. You know, they went seven games, and they went all the way down to the wire pretty much the whole time. So I think he'll be confident going in. 
and I think the Dodgers come out with a win. Pretty, I want to say pretty confidently, but they'll have a nice gap, two or three run win. I'll say maybe like five to two, hmm. five three, something like that. Five two. I mean, that's valid. I guess. I mean. I completely disagree. I think the Red Sox are going to win this okay, game. Bro. Okay, good. <laughs> and interesting. I, interesting. I just, we picked our half of the World Series we got right. All right. Okay. I mean, I think game one is going to be about setting the tempo. And I just feel like if I'm going with the history of the two, obviously both have their issues coming into this. One due to injuries and lower velocity. And one has been playing better in his last couple starts, but there's always that, uh-oh, Clayton Kershaw lingering. And I just feel like the the Red Sox lineup, like, putting Matt Kemp at DH, like, that's cool. But I feel like just the Red Sox are built, at, when they're at home, which is what home field advantage has afforded them, I feel like that's just, that it's, it's time to use that to their advantage. Like, I got Red Sox. Yeah, that's cool, you know. I'm, I, you know, I feel like the Red Sox they got home field advantage, but not necessarily by like necessarily being the best team. Like I know that they're in the World Series, obviously, so they're quote unquote these one of the two best teams in baseball. But they were beating up on some pretty porous competition in their own division, which kind of led them to that. So. I'm hey, but hey, you picked them. I picked the Dodgers. We'll see how game one goes. Obviously, I'll be right. You'll be wrong, and you know we'll go from there. Sick, sick. I mean, look, I agree. I agree with the fact that the Red Sox did definitely pad their stats because I was the one saying that. Like, not pad their stats, but I think that they helped their win total out by playing a crappy division. But. When it comes down to the specific matchups, I don't know. I just feel like the Red Sox lineup is just a little bit deeper. I mean, Kimbrell at the back end of the bullpen has been shaky, like shaky, shaky. But I just feel like when it comes down to it, I don't know. I just, the Dodgers, they're good, but I just think their Sox, they're just better. Like I don't want to just. Say All right, let's get to it then. No, you said it. Like, pick the pick the uh, Red Sox for the whole series. Then say it, man. Use your conviction. Uh, man, I'm rocking with the Red yeah, Sox. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> that's what rocking, I want to hear. There you rocking go. with the Sox for the series. What the for the series? What's the I games? How many games? I think it goes six, but I want it to go seven. So I'm gonna settle on on seven. I just think I just think that they're evenly matched up enough that when they go to to Chavez Ravine and they switch the series, that it'll, it'll end up going seven. That's just how I feel. I mean, you know, Kershaw's pitching three times in this series. That's just how it is. So I think he's good enough to get a win and a half. <laughs> so you got Red Sox so, and seven. I don't know who. Yeah, who you got? <laughs> You know, Donna, it's this. been a long, it's no, been a long time since we were on opposing sides of a, of an important no, game, no, man. It's been a long time, and you know what happens when we're on the opposite oh, side of the pretty close matchups. You know, you know my history. Yeah. You know my history. Yeah. You know. 
You know, I I got yeah. I got to rock with the boys, man, from L.A. Boy, the Dodgers. Oh, the Dodgers are gonna God. win yeah, the World Series, and it's gonna be it, it's gonna be that. in six. I do believe it. I believe Clayton Kershaw, the best pitcher in this series. I believe the Dodgers have a better lineup than the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox have hotter bats, but I think the pressure of the World Series are gonna get some of those players. I do not see J.D. Martinez like just teeing up on the on the Dodgers pitchers. You know, I see Mookie Beth playing well, but I see a lot of Dodger players who've been in these high-pressure situations. They know what to do. Fenway Park is is giving up home runs, and the Dodgers like to hit home runs. So I just see the Dodgers having success. I think they're going to steal a game in uh, Boston, obviously. I think they're going to take care of business at home. I think this is over in five or six. I'm going to go six. I'm going to go six Dodgers. Look. I know in the past we've been on opposite sides of things that have particularly revolved around basketball and football, but this is my domain. So I'm about to tell you right up, I'm about to tell you straight up, put your money where your mouth is, boy. (laughs) What what you putting down on it? If we're going to be on opposite sides, it's time to... I'm about to run down pockets. I'm sick of this. What you, I'm sick of this. What you, what you got? Money normal 20? We putting 20 on it? Uh, normal 20? I mean, since it ain't neither one of our teams, because let's be serious, when the Cubs and the Sox going to play each other in the World Series, probably never. Maybe once. Again, if we, if I get very lucky, I will see you in the next five years. Right. Right, that'd be fifty biggins if that ever happens. So that's the usual, the 20. usual, 20. the usual twenty man. Uh, uh, I'm about to shake your hand figuratively. Oh, I'm <laughs> going. I might, you know, I might have to come home and get this. You know, and so if I win this time, how you gonna send me the money this time? Cause you know, last year you came with the pennies. I'll just, you know, before you did the I'll direct just... deposit, I want, I need something more creative than the pennies. <laughs> You know, you're going to come uh, with it. You uh, know, we got to make it, you know. I might just send you a check. Oh, boo. That's tough. But I don't got to worry about it because, like I said, this is my domain. Okay. But now I got to watch all the yeah. games now. You no, sure? No ducking that action. It sure would be a shame if if I went in your domain. Uh-huh. Your domain. You uh-huh. said it, not me. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, it's your domain. Yeah, hey, I won the fantasy baseball title over okay, you. Okay, this, to win this, this $20 not fantasy. This real life. You about to cover my? You about to cover my fantasy? You damn you right. Cover my fantasy football fees. Good looking fella. Good looking big fella. Oh, you're sick. You're sick. No, I won't. You already paid twenty to slide, but we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> we're not gonna get into. Oh, that. we can get into. But we, if we talking about, we can get into the football though. Well, I mean. If, that's what I'm saying. We talking football. Let's go ahead and swing it on over to the NFL. Look, you know what we're here for. You know what the big thing was at the top of the week. Raiders trading again. And it wasn't Derek Carr. Not yet. Which I thought, I thought, he, yeah, not yet. Right, right, right. It wasn't Garyon Conley whose names were brought up. Not yet. Also not yet. Right, also not yet. It was, <laughs> it was. Former Alabama receiver, Amari Cooper. And in a move 
that was first reported by Josina Anderson of ESPN. General Manager Reggie McKenzie confirmed he traded Amari Cooper. And he says it was an opportunity. He just couldn't pass up on the pick. I love Amari, but I just felt like it came down to getting that pick. And, I, I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, Stain Gang, Stain Gang. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Shout out, shout out, Stain Gang. I'm just not actually representing gang activity. You know, we got schools out here now thinking that anything and everything is gang activity. Mm, I just, talk about it. I, I got to get that off my talk chest. Talk about it. You know, hey. I, that'll probably be explained a little bit later <laughs> on, on my own time. But, like I said, staying game. I think the Raiders getting a first-round pick for Amari Cooper is an absolute steal. Now, I know some people was upset, but I'm not a Raiders fan. I'm not a Cowboys fan. But I think the Raiders won this deal. I mean, what you think? Uh, I think two things predominantly. One, let's start with the, I'll go from both sides. One, I'm very happy for the Cowboys finally making a move. It's felt like for a long time, in the past couple of years just in general, the Cowboys have had the opportunity to trade up in the, either in the draft or with draft picks to go get a player in Earl Thomas or Johnny Manziel, you know, and now Amari Cooper um, and just like Adrian Peterson a couple of years ago uh, and go get the player that would make a difference for them when they needed it, right? And they finally did it. Right. They went and go got a receiver for Dak, a young receiver to grow with Dak, hopefully, that can show improvement now that he's in an offense that's really in need of him. Um, so for the Cowboys, I think it's an important move, and I think it shows a positive direction as a football organization. I think the Cowboys have kind of had questions with their offense um, after another close loss by the kind of the hand of the offense. Uh, where they got uh, Zeke balled up in um, Washington. So I think it's an important move for them. Right. So the Cowboys... Look, hold, on, hold, on, not... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the important part. That is why the Cowboys won the deal. Because this is just another instance of John Gruden's lack of understanding... The direction of football now in 2018. Hmm. Now, before I continue, this may not be on, you know, can't be stopped airwaves yet, but I'm a very big not fan of the John Gruden signing. I think John Gruden is an overrated coach. I don't think John Gruden is that special as a coach. I never thought he really was. He won a Super Bowl with a team that he did not build. And I think I think he's solid with quarterbacks, but you know, it's hard not to be good with quarterbacks in the quarterback-driven league. Ever since I don't know the two thousands, it's been a quarterback-driven league. So I'll leave that at that. I think this is just another instance of John Gruden really extending that leash of him being able to say. Oh, well, we got these first-round picks, so you got to see what they can do before you can really decide on the type of team we are. I truly believe John Gruden has given up on this current team that he had and is just ready to start over and just hope for the best when the Raiders get to Vegas. I thought the Khalil Mack trade showed it. 
I think this trade shows it. I think his lack of faith in his quarterback has shown it. I think his ability to want to trade other former first-round picks before they can really show their talent has shown it. The Raiders are one of the worst teams in football right now. They are pretty much an easy win for almost every team, and I think they got worse. I don't think they got any better. Obviously, three first-round picks is a lot, and you can make a lot of game changes with it, but I'm not that confident John Gruden and the Raiders to, to make the right decision anymore. So, I'll leave it at that. All right. All right, look, no cap, for real. Like, we're going we gonna to talk about this. We're going to talk about this straight up. I'm going to be dead-ass honest with you. John Gruden building a team like it is what it is. Like, that's to be seen how that's going to work out. But at the end of the day, you got to have the picks. You got to have the picks. Like, Amari Cooper, I mean, down a couple, two years. I just, I, is that not like a finesse? Like, fam, he got he got a first-round pick for a kid, like, in, a, in the NFL where I'm accustomed to seconds. Like, think about that. The, Raider, the Raiders got a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. And it's not like they got the they they didn't make that trade Dallas did because they like Amari Cooper was awful like awesome they made it because they had to like yeah he's young yeah he he's been hurt he's also been unproductive like for a number one receiver so to trade a first round pick it's they're desperate like it's hell so I don't know I just feel like the Raiders with the three first round picks like that's a stain. Because, like, Khalil Mack, they weren't going to pay him that. That's why he got moved. Amari Cooper, last year his deal, they're not going to pay him. If they could finesse two more picks out of trading Derek Carr, how can you even argue with John Gruden not being, like, at least smart in that aspect? What like, did that show about, about John Gruden's, Gruden's like, smartness and not the GM? John Gruden didn't do well, this. The GM, don't got fi- the, G- the GM doesn't have final decisions. John Gruden does. John Gruden Reggie currently McKinney did not have final decisions. Guys. That's not in his contract yet. That kicks him after the fourth year. So that's how it's set up? Yes. So, you tell, so Reggie McKenzie just trading all these guys? I'm sure John Gruden has input, but so he what? does not have the final decision. I'm sure they talk about it. I don't think... It, but I, that's what I'm saying. Logically, like, you think Re- but I don't think John Gruden is the one making so, those phone calls and saying, Hey, Cowboys, I think I'll no, give no, y'all no, a first no, round no, pick no, no, for Amari no, no. Cooper. I'm not talking about the act of trading. Like, I get it. That's the GM. I'm saying, like, this is a John Gruden-motivated move. Like, these are the guys Reggie McKenzie drafted. I don't think he's just up and trading them. I think when you give someone $100 million over 10 years, their input means a lot in a room. They do have say. That's what I think. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a John Gruden move. So, like, I don't think... If he's like, yo, fam, trade these guys, like, you're going to trade them. And I feel like he catches a lot of heat because they're productive right now. And obviously, it's draft picks, so we don't know what it's going to end up looking like. But when you have ammunition like that, dog, like he's going to end up with five first-round picks out of these three trades because Derek Carr's got to be next. And you know how quarterbacks get down in the league. You know how that's going to be on the open market. I don't think Derek Carr is going to get traded. I think he's just going to get cut at the end of the year because I think teams will know that he's going to get no cut. No chance. No chance. Why do you say no chance? There is no chance Derek Carr gets cut. Not a ch- He's a quarterback. Okay. I, Nick Folk, like, if you could, Jimmy Garoppolo got traded for a second. Yes. 
But Jimmy Grappolo was also a wanted commodity. Get... People don't want Derek Carr right now. How do you know? What team do you think wants Derek Carr? Derek Carr is literally a quarterback in the National Football League. I don't. So, so you telling me there's not a quarterback needy team that's gonna come up and be like, "Yo, fam, we'll give you a second round pick." If for D Carr, if you were doing that currently, at the moment, right? Speaking of what you're speaking of, right? That team would be the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. The Jaguars would be calling them right now. They would be saying, "Yo, we need to make the trade." So. That we can win the Super Bowl. That would be the team that need them. There are teams currently in the NFL that need them. Derek Carr is going to get cut. He will not get traded. Dog, they literally were able to finesse a first round pick. They were they were able to finesse a first round pick out of Amari Cooper. Like, he's a wide receiver. Like, you literally are going to be able to get a first round pick for Derek Carr. It may not be, like, I agree, like, it, it definitely doesn't have to be him, but this is the NFL. He's proven that he can throw that ball. They're going to get a first-round pick if they ever decide to move him. Dom. But the thing is, the real winner, the real winner of this trade, hands down, hands down, like, I think it is still the Raiders because that first-round pick, they're going to turn up. But I think it's Dak Prescott. I'm, like at the end of the day, Dak, Dak has, he's got to make, he's got to make plays. He's got to make plays. But he had nobody to throw to it. So I think at the end of the day, like this is an immediate upgrade for their receiving core. And they're going to end up Looking good in the short term, Raiders going to end up panning out in the long term. Because I don't like Dak Prescott, but he at least got somebody to throw to now. Yeah. What do you think, Luke? And I think you're not about to cap on... Before you said Amari Cooper kind of declining, quote-unquote, he had one bad season, let's be very clear. He had 2,000-yard season back-to-back in his rookie and sophomore year. And last year, the Raiders were not a very good football team. So I think... I think Dak is just going to have a weapon that's, like, really there for him compared to what he had, quote-unquote, last year with Des Bryant as the wide receiver, who was his, quote, number one. So I think he has a real target for the offense, like I said, and it will give Zeke opportunity to kind of unload like he needs to be for them to be a, a successful team. I mean, at the end of the day, though, it's the NFL. Like... If you look at the Cowboys' history in trading for, for quote unquote number one receivers, for whatever reason, it just hasn't been it. I mean, they traded for Roy Williams, who they thought he was it, and then you traded for for Joey Galloway, and that was that definitely wasn't it. I think when you look back at it, when it's all said and done, trading draft capital is always iffy. Like you just, it, it's it's so finicky. But I just think the the way the Raiders are set up, it'll it'll end up being it'll end up being like solid for the Raiders for real. I think they win. Definitely not, but hey, it's alright. You've been wrong already about baseball, so 
It's you. You used to be wrong, and when you opposing me, it's cool. I'm getting tired of you saying that. I, like, what are we gonna do? You want me to just pull up in five years and be like, "Oh, Lou, ha ha ha!" Like Amari Cooper sucked in his time in Dallas because it was actually Dak that was no, I, and not. I I don't want to just I don't want that to happen at all, Don. I would never want that type of thing to happen. But what I would like to happen is. You get to acknowledge my brilliance when it comes to this sports stuff, and I'm the genius, and you're my prodigy. How about brilliance? The mentee. Are you kidding me right now? You know? Did you just call yourself a... a, Did you call me the mentee? Yeah, I'm your mentor. I've taught you everything you know. Oh, I can't wait to take your money. You know, matter of fact, let's just wrap this, right, just wrap this up right now. Let's talk about the association. Talking about the association. So, so you, you, you lucky. You lucky that we're going to move oh, on. I'm, I'm not lucky. They ain't going to talk about, about nothing. I Look, so we get down with the words, obviously. But it was some getting down in real life. Hey. Hey, you know, I wish I would. They always talk about how, yo, this is a league full of people who don't really want to fight. Chris Paul and Rondo ain't get the memo. <laughs> they, they ain't get the memo. I w- oh, man. I wish I could have recorded my reaction because we were literally sitting like we were playing 2K. So obviously, and I got the game on and I'm watching the game. And what did I do? I just went, I went, oh, wait, fight, fight, fight. No, real fight, real fight. <laughs> like they really fight. They went just shoving this time. Right. I just was like, oh, man. I couldn't believe the fact that they actually was getting down. And then, like, Ingram Ingram was just wild as hell coming in and throwing another haymaker after Rondo caught caught Chris Paul with a two-piece, no mile sauce. No mile sauce. (laughs) I mean, Chris Paul had a little bit of hot sauce for him on the way back. I'm not even going to care, but he was really out there. (laughs) Facts. Facts. I just think I don't know if that video when everybody didn't know Rondo spit on him, like we were like, oh man, Chris Paul, like what you on? Like you put your fingers in his eyes and all of that. But like Rondo really like the video looks like he spit on him. And if I mean I don't know how you dispute it, because look at it, you've seen it. Did you think he spit on him? Um. I do. I don't want to call Rondo a liar. He has said multiple times I did not spit on him. But from the video, it does look like he spit on him, whether on purpose or accident. I mean, if you if you spitting on me, we got we got to throw down. <laughs> you can't spit on me, bro. You can't spit on me. That's, like, disrespectful. Like, you can swing on me, and, like, I'm going to defend myself, but you can't spit on me. Yeah, I think uh, like, I think Shannon Sharp said it, be- said it best. Um, you spit on the ground. You pee and poop on in the ground. You know, it going to the ground. You're literally calling someone the dirt in which you stand on when you spit on someone. So, uh, you know, it, it ain't going to go down like that. You're not going to spit on me and not get these hands, so... Yeah, that's just how it'd be. Right, literally, I can't even... I'm not even going to contest that. Like, because if he spit on him, Chris Paul 
Well, I mean, they do kind of suck. He spit on him and then got the first hit in. <laughs> but like, what? Let's not. Let's backtrack. Hold on. Let's backtrack. What? So the the game was a little chippy. You know, Josh Hart got got a, a flagrant one against him. Uh, James Harden had been getting calls all night, but really, like, it was one final call that kind of like set it all in motion. And Brandon Ingram really was just like, "I'm not having any of this," and he shoved James Harden. So, like, that is the moment where it popped off. Like, there was tension, but it popped off. So, like, it goes back to that's why he got the longest suspension because he started the whole damn thing. And after the fact, when they was getting into it again, he runs in and. Just throwing throwing punches. Like, so I don't know. I feel like that's a bad look for Ingram. Like, I get it. We're going to say, oh, wait for him to not take no crap. Wait for him to, like, you know, show some emotion. Because, you know, he's a, I thought he was a quiet guy. I didn't, I didn't, he was damn near the second to last person on the court that I would ever expect that out of. First being Zoe. I don't, I don't think Lonzo is really in the middle. Lonzo is not built like that. Let's be very clear. It's okay, though. Right. But, like, I mean, I'm not saying Ingram soft or nothing. I just, I thought he was milder mannered than that, but I guess he had enough. But, like, I don't want to, you know, CP3, Rondo, they got their history and they got actual blows, but I don't want this to be lost. Ingram started this. He literally started it. Yeah, I think, I don't know how I feel about Ingram. Obviously, Ingram pushed hard and that started it. He really, you know, like you said, um, initiated all this happening but maybe i'm the wrong dude in the room but i i i like it brandon ingram going and supporting his team man like i would you know i'm not one for violence i'm not saying go fight everyone but i like when my play when the players on my team are the one that like yo i ain't having it my guy it two on one now you know, I've seen a lot of players in the league that turn their back and just walk back to the sideline while their teammate gets in the scuffle. I've seen a lot of players just like brush it off like it's nothing. I'm here to support your teammate, especially someone that's new to the team and show that team camaraderie and show that strength. I think if anything, this helped the Lakers. It helped them get a little grit to them, though they're not be here to be pushed around even though they're the young bucks in the league. So I like it, honestly. I don't right. like that he punched him. But I do like that Ingram stood up for his teammate and was like very clear that he'll do that every time if need be. So how you feel about LeBron grabbing CP3 instead of going with Rondo? Man, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell the people the same way I told you. You gotta have your family first at all times, right? And I think it's very clear where LeBron James alliances fall first. His friends over his teammates. So he took care of CP3, had his arm over his shoulder, and that was it. I would have liked to seen him go grab and talk to Ingram. I'm saying it's less of a I'm saying it's less of a big deal than it is a big deal. But I think he just grabbed up CP3 and he's like, yo, I got it, bro, come on, that's not you. Like I know he was mad, he was heated, but you gotta take care of your brother at all times. Even when they on the other side of the court with you. So, it's not like it was a playoff game, so I'm not that mad at them. Right, we're going non-issue. Because that's, that's where I lie, for the most part. Like, it, they nobody wants to see anybody fight for real. Like, it, like 
like Zoe said, this NBA ain't nobody fighting. I mean, yeah, they got down, but it was a skirmish. Wasn't like a, a brawl. You know, I got you see the ESPN talking about a melee. Yeah, <laughs> it's like fam. they're throwing it out of proportion, but right, like it wasn't no melee. It wasn't a malice in the palace. Like they're grown ass men throwing hands, like a hand, a singular hand. They weren't even throwing hands. So end of the deal. End of the deal. But speaking of deals. <laughs> Another time, right. another time I'm right. Set it up for me. Set it up for me. I'm not even going there. I'm going to the dude from uh, the high school dude. Oh, yeah. I'm right about it. Set it up for me. Oh, my God. I'll paint the picture All like right. Picasso. So, <clears throat> All right. All right. Settle down now. Settle I'm down. settled. Settle I'm settled. Down. Set it up. All right. Look. Look. We in it. We in it. Uh, five-star basketball recruit. Darius Basley will enter into a, a shoe deal with New Balance that will allegedly play him, uh, pay him, was it $14 million? $14 million dollar deals, yeah. But yeah, the $1 but, million dollar guarantee. And he will be an intern right, right. for it, New Balance. As an intern. Yes, he's an intern for New Balance. So he. Now, the, the details of it, uh, first off, speaking of LeBron, Rich Paul, LeBron's agent and best friend, negotiated his deal, and it will coincide with the final three months of the college basketball season. So from January to March, and he'll be an internship, or he'll do an internship. So I thought this was cool as hell. I'm like, so he gets a meal regardless of whatever happens. Now, mind you, this kid didn't just come out of nowhere. I mean, maybe it's a lesser known name to you guys. But he he actually was a former uh, McDonald's All-American, and he decided to sit out, and he was going to enter the G League, but decided it wasn't worth it after signing with Rich Paul, who advised him to not. So now he's got this deal, and he's still going to sit out and train, but he's going to make a million dollars regardless. Now, obviously, it's two sides to this. New Balance now has a way to get their name out and potentially get into the NBA with this kid. They're setting aside a million dollars so this kid makes more money than the 125. Like, he's getting paid a million dollars to do an internship for three months. Where they do that at? Like, can I get that hourly wage? (laughs) Like, what? He's getting a million for three months with the potential to earn the other 13 million in his shoe contract. I think it's a win-win for everybody, but obviously I get it. You're right. But I also think this is the compromise that, like, it's half of the compromise that I'm suggesting. I think kids should be able to do this while still in school. I don't see why they couldn't do this while in the NCAA. But that's not how it gets down. But go ahead. What will you write about? Because I hear you. You ready? You know the stance, man. There's one common enemy for young athletes, whether the way that they get around it through the G League, which I propose to be the correct path, but hey, that's not for everybody. That's cool. Whether it's your internship, whether you're playing overseas, there's one enemy in which we do not abide by their rules anymore. Four letters. Painted in red. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you know those four letters, Don? The NCAA. NCAA. As long as he's not going to the NCAA, I'm cool with his decision, man. He ain't got to go to the G League like he said. He getting his cash. Shoot, I thought 125K was a lot, boy. When you get in the middle of a three-month, 333K per month? Talk about running up a check. But look, honestly, for real, though, I'm just saying as long as he don't go to the NCAA, it's all good. Because I'm sick and tired of them milking these kids for their jerseys, for their name, to put on flyers, for everything they do amazing, and they get nothing. So now the big businesses are stepping in. Now it's time for Under Armour, Adidas, Nike, Anta, everybody. Throw these kids these internships. Get them real-life experience in an office doing real-life things that will help set them up for post-basketball and current basketball with an endorsement deal. This does nothing but benefit the brand and the child and only hurts the NCAA. More talent that's not going there is better for you. I don't want to completely, when I say the NCAA, I mean the bigwigs. I mean the people who make the rules. I mean the people who are illegally giving these kids money and making this an illegal thing that gets the government and these judges involved. Not the actual play, obviously. I, I just want to see the NCAA cleaned up, and I think the best way to do that is through things like this, which allow these top prospects to forego that waste of time of the one and done currently and just get them to where the money's at. So I'm happy. Get your bag, young fella. Get your bag. Yeah, I mean, I'm just here for it with the creativity of the deal. Like, shout out Rich, you know, for... I mean, he's an 18-year-old millionaire, and that's without getting drafted. Now, I don't know where his draft stock currently sits, but the one thing that they were, you know, consensus on was, it ain't it, playing in the G League for like 35000 to get your ass beat by grown men. That ain't it. You know, we're not talking. I, I guess he's not like the slam dunk prospect, obviously, in this this upcoming class. But I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, I, I like this move a lot better. Uh, it does set up though. For is that hundred and twenty five thousand actually worth it to go play in the G League? I think for some, not for all. I think when you come from a family who maybe has money or you come from a situation where money isn't an issue like his now, just being able to go train with someone for a year, just training, like really harness your game to its maximum potential, that may be a better alternative. But if you need to play basketball to get better and you need that coaching from someone different than a high school coach or a trainer that's out in the country that you can afford to pay for, I think the G League gets still a real option for them. See, this is the thing that I feel like. I feel like $125,000 to literally not... To, to... I don't... It's just tough because they're not being... Like... What are they put in? Like, are they going to be sitting on the end of the bench in the G League? Or, you know, like... What are the set? I, they have a lot to work out, and I think that they just threw the dollar amount out there to make it seem like an attractive option. Like the, the, that's how the story was reported. But right now, I just feel like the opportunity to showcase your. T- Obviously, I agree the NCAA is not all the way it, but 
the ability to to go play in that stage with that level of competition, I think is still better than playing in the G League. I think there's still a lot that they have to figure out, and I'm not really sold on it just because they attached money to it. Like you know what I'm saying? Uh, like I said, I like you said, I disagree because the talent in the G League is better than most of the talent in the NCAA. And I think M- that's what I'm I saying. think NBA teams are more impressed by someone being successful in the G League than being successful in college basketball potentially. Just because we're used to college basketball being the standard in which kids come in from, doesn't make it a better league to play in per se. Right, but that's kind of what I'm saying. Like it hurts the kids overall. Like, if you just say, hey, we're going to go chase the bag, okay, great. That may end up being the only thing that you get. So, like, is that necessarily better when if you go to college and you, quote, unquote, don't get hurt, like if you can avoid injury, you end up making more than that if you get drafted. But you're going to get drafted if you're a top McDonald's All-American, like more than likely anyway. Well, I think we need to keep in mind this, this G League option isn't for all kids. It's on, They're only looking at those top prospects to go in there. The Marvin Bagley's of the world, the, the Devin Booker, the Ben Simmons of the world. I don't think they're being thrown on the end of the bench. Those players can go into the NBA at that moment, right? I'm not... and I, Right. This is literally just a halfway between, like, well, we can't change the rule about high school yet, so this is what we got. Right, but for those Ben Simmons types, like Ben Simmons, perfect example. Ben Simmons didn't he he didn't make the tournament, and it did not hinder him from making you know the number one pick in the draft. But let's say he was playing in the G League where they have you know they they study him and they say, hey, this guy can't shoot. Let's go ahead and sag off of him. Like let you know let let's adapt to him because they are better competition. They can do more things to negate his abilities. So he struggles, but he hasn't been drafted yet. So it's not like he struggled in the NBA after being the number one pick in the draft. Like it, it how many teams are going to pass up on Ben Simmons in the top five? But we're talking about if he falls down to five, missing out on a ton of money. I, I don't know. I just feel like when Ben Simmons goes and only has to play to go number one, he only has to play in the regular season. Like what is that 125000 worth? Hey, well then, if you like, want, you know like that's not uh, well, that's look, not moving the needle when he's losing millions. If you want to think about it like that, that's cool. If you believe your talent is good enough to beat those players in the G League, then go to the G League. If you are scared that someone will find out your weaknesses, then don't go. It's not built for you. Pusha T said, "We're not all built the same. We're not all cut from the same cloth. So if they're not ready to play at that level for people to find their weaknesses, everyone got them. Then don't go to the G League. I'm not trying to, you know, I can't sugarcoat it. That's a super valid point." But if you want to play against real competition every night, you're going to go to the G League if you're at top prospect. If you want to just duck it and really play easily and really just coast by by playing at what makes you better until you get to the town, until you get to the tournament and the coach can figure out what you do bad and just beat you in the first or second round, that's cool too. So, hey, it is what it is. I'm going to leave it there. That's why, like you said, it's the halfway in between. Because we ain't even talk about the fact that I could pull up and make 100K just for going to Arizona. Like, I know that <laughs> that's probably not the case anymore. But, like, I literally could pull up and make that bread in college and still get put on and still put up numbers. So, I don't know. It's a halfway. It's not It's not fixable. 
I think the G League doesn't need to be for guys that are hanging on to NBA careers. I think the G League needs to be, uh, there needs to be a league of all developmental prospects. Like, put all the guys that are on two-way contracts, like, make it like a minor league system. For real. That way you can incubate them and you don't have to force them to play. And it's not for everybody because, like, the number one pick is probably going to hang on the roster all year and play all year. But I don't know. I'm not in charge of this. I just like watching the guys that you call, like Ben Simmons, from their junior year and watch them progress and grow and become franchise cornerstones. So I just want everybody to get paid what they're worth. But the college system ain't it. Shoot, pay me what I'm worth. So where my check at? Man, that te- that bag coming soon. That's a bag that <clears throat> we ain't into yet, but it's okay. It's gotta come soon. You right. That twenty that twenty will come in the next two weeks when the World Series is over. You right, bro. You right. Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? Is that really how we gonna go out? You gonna talk some more crap? I'm not talking no I'm- crap. I'm just talking facts. <laughs> Okay. All right. But, hey, that was another great episode of Can't Be Stopped. Don has some iffy takes. Yeah. I came with the right ones. If you want to rock with me, rock with me. If you don't want to rock with me, it's all right. As long as you enjoyed the content. tell them what to actually do? Tell them if who you, won, hey, if, who, who they like better. If you like, you like, you know, my side, comment below. Let me know. Yeah. You like Don's side? Let's put it on a Twitter poll. Are you? We'll put it on the, twi- put we'll it put it on the Twitter, Twitter poll. We'll see how to, we'll add Sports at Twitter. Yeah. But like and subscribe. Right. We on YouTube. We on Twitter. We on Facebook. We on everything with it. If we ain't got it, tell us and we'll make it. All right? But. For sure. I'm Lewis Thompson. And I'm Don Collins. You know what it is. This is Can't Be Stopped. Hashtag be great.